A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The demand for cats and dogs skyrocketed during the pandemic when everyone was stuck at home, but that has since slowed down. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, talking with Matt Mullen. He's the executive director of the Greene County Humane Society. Yeah, we, we definitely saw that there was a, a higher demand um, for, for cats and dogs, um, and the correlation for that for us was the length of stay for the animals at our shelter really dropped. Um, and that was, was a great thing because while we have a beautiful facility that's clean and well-kept, uh, a shelter is still not an ideal um, location for an animal to spend a lot of time. So uh, the quicker we could get them into a home, the better. And we did see that happen, uh, and it was great for us and great for the animals. And now that uh, folks are back in offices and leaving the house for different activities, has that trend changed at all? We've seen a slight slowdown, um, but nothing to the point where I would say people are completely um, forgetting. I think um, I think we're seeing a more uh, balanced workforce probably go back into the uh, into the offices and whatnot. So uh, the time spent with with their companions and family and things are still uh, you know a little more apparent. So uh, like I said, while we've seen a little bit of a slowdown, nothing that's made me worried that animals are going to be stuck in a shelter for a long time. And I'm also curious, what's popular? Has it been cats? Has it been dogs? Any particular breeds or age of the animal? No, you know, I mean, uh, for for us, you know, uh, while cats are a large portion of the animals that come through our shelter, probably about uh, 65 to 70 percent, um, both are extremely popular. Um, you know, we, we get a lot of kittens in every summer, um, and we've uh, found homes for, for just about all of them already. Um, and with dogs, the kind of the same where um, it doesn't really matter the breed uh, for us because most of the time we don't know the breed, so that kind of saves us on that. But um, it doesn't usually uh, matter, you know, big dogs, little dogs, um, you know, everybody, as long as they've got a, a good demeanor and are wanting to be in a family, they usually can find a home. Is it ever more difficult to connect a family with an older animal versus, you know, a kitten or a puppy? And, and how do you navigate that? Well, you know, sometimes we have we like to have a, uh, the conversation with them on the front end, um, you know, because puppies and kitties are cute, everybody that wants to go that route. But when we really sit down and talk with a potential adopter, we talk to them about what their lifestyle is like. Um, you know, what, what do they have time for? Uh, you know, a puppy and a kitty, that's, that's like a, what's introducing a new baby into your home sometimes. And so uh, that's a lifestyle change. Sometimes a senior animal uh, can kind of go with the flow a little bit more. doesn't need quite the amount of exercise and, you know, uh, attention that maybe, you know, maybe a younger one will. So we like to sit down and really have that conversation and kind of help direct people towards, you know, the companion animal that will fit their lifestyle the best. Uh, because our, our goal here for both animals and humans is a positive outcome. Uh, so we want to make sure that, you know, when they make an adoption, when they make a selection, that it, that it works well um, for the people, but more ultimately the, the animals as well. We want them to be in a happy home. And so uh, by having that conversation on the front end, a lot of times we can kind of help people and direct them to what, what will be the best option for their family. Nobody has been immune, Matt, to the inflationary pressures facing consumers and businesses alike this year. And so I'm curious if you've been impacted at all by that. And I'm talking about feed costs, costs of other supplies, medicine. And is anything hard to come by due to supply chain challenges? 
you know, so for like food and whatnot, we're, we're doing okay. We have a very generous community and, and generous area that helps us a lot. Um, with that, um, and but, but we are starting to see the the trickle down for medical costs. Um, we do not have a vet on staff, so we have to utilize uh, some some area veterinarians. And um, while they're doing their very best to keep it as low priced as they can for a nonprofit shelter, you know they are having to pass along some some slight increases. Uh, so for things like us, you know that that's where we're seeing the impact because you know every animal that comes in through our doors needs some sort of medical attention, whether it's just the basic you know rabies vaccination and and those kinds of shots, or if it's a surgery, a spay or a neuter, or if it's you know bigger stuff like you know broken limbs or you know some sort of, some sort of illness. So we are seeing that in our medical costs and our veterinary costs uh, start to trickle its way down to us, um, and you know we're we're trying to plan accordingly. Uh, uh, thankfully, we have an extremely generous area that helps us with a lot of donations. So we, we say yes to sick and injured animals. We, we help where we can, and every chance we can. Uh, but yeah, we are seeing that. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's not helping. Uh, but on the flip side, uh, we're very thankful for our donors and, and, and all of our community members and our vets because they're doing their very best to keep the prices as low as they can. Have your veterinarians explained why costs of services are going up? Well, I think, you know, from, from what we've, you know, kind of talked to the veterinarians that supply those services for us, is, you know, some of the supply costs are going up. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're also, you know, fighting with their workforce in the sense of trying to make a, you know, a more livable wage for some of their uh, veterinary systems and things like that. So some of those costs uh, are, you know, need to be in correlation with the things that take time and, and surgeries do take time. Uh, and, and they take expert time uh, to do those and do those safely. So um, that's where, you know, outside of, you know, the rent, some of the medication costs going up and uh, some of the, you know, anesthesia and things like that to help with, uh, to put the animals under so they can do the surgeries, seeing increases in those. And that just needs to be passed up and uh, passed down, excuse me. And, you know, we, we deal in a volume game where we're at. So we, we have a lot of animals that go get surgery. It's not like we're just dropping off our family cat, you know, on a Tuesday for surgery, we're dropping off. 17 of them, uh, you know, so that's uh, where we're seeing those costs increase. Your costs are going up. So are the costs of animals for folks adopting going up? And how has response been for that? Uh, we have not raised our prices yet. Uh, and we're going to really try hard not to. Um, we 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 like where our prices are at for adoptions. Um, it's, uh, it's a situation where we we want to make sure that the animals, uh, that cost isn't always, the initial cost isn't a barrier because there is additional costs when you adopt a pet. And we, we go through those with uh, with our potential adopters, you know, the veterinary care and food and toys and all of those things take, uh, you know, do have a um, have cost to them. And so uh, we haven't raised them yet. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be working on our budget for 2023 here in the next, uh, you know, uh, 30 days. So as we work on that, that's where we'll probably have to start, really take a hard look and, and, and see if we can still make ends meet with where we're at. Um, our, our hope is to do that, but if not, uh, you know, we'll do our best to communicate that with our community and our adopters and explain why. You know, that's this is this is a direct correlation to everything in the world going up, whether it's gas prices to fill the van up to go pick up an animal from the side of the road, or uh, you know, staff cost, any or just you know medication costs going up, electricity, all that stuff, you know, uh, it, it hits us everywhere. And Matt, you're obviously speaking from the perspective of, of the Green County Humane Society. Is this kind of the same experiences that humane societies are facing across the state? You know, what have you heard anecdotally? Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, we, you know we're surrounded uh, by some real great organizations 
uh, whether it be rescue, uh, you know, more of a private type of rescue situation, or if it's, a, you know, a humane society or a county or city-ran uh, organization. But, but they're all sort of seeing the same. Um, you know, this has been a, a very active uh, summer for cats in our state, um, meaning that there's been a lot of new ones that have uh, arrived, uh, you know, and so... Um, but they're having some of the similar issues with that, that we are, you know, with costs going up just like everyone else's. Uh, but all in all, um, very successful in, in getting homes, you know. Uh, I've been around the area and around the country, uh, and nobody supports themselves quite like the state of Wisconsin and, and the Midwest. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the shelters and, and the directors and board members that I've had conversations with while it's a difficult job that, uh, you know, doesn't give us a lot of warning of when animals are going to come in and uh, their situations, it's a very rewarding one that and all of us are experiencing the same successes with those, with those uh, outliers of concern about, you know, rising costs and, you know, uh, donations. You know, uh, you know, coming from coming from a lot of places, but also always those concerns that those might start to slow down as well. So um, it's a it's a wonderful business to be in uh, to to save animals and 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 do that. Uh, but it has its challenges, and that's what I think all the other shelters and humane societies would tell you is that um, you know there's there's new challenges every day, but they're uh, rewarding uh, challenges to to meet and and exceed expectations. Though. And finally, Matt, if folks listening are sparked into a giving spirit or want to get involved with their local shelter, what's the best way to go about that? What's your biggest need? What's the best way for folks to approach their local animal shelter? Well, for for us and for for others, I know one of the biggest jobs that we have, uh, you know, is, is volunteers, uh, and they, those come in a, in a lot of different fashions. Uh, you can be a volunteer that comes in and just walks dogs. That that helps our staff stay more focused on cleaning and keeping the facility ready to go. Um, but the animals still get that recreation time that's so important. Uh, socializing cats, um, but also more important jobs um, like being a foster parent. Uh, that is by far the the one that saves us so much time uh, and uh, and effort because when we have a brand new set of kittens that comes in and needs 24-hour care basically to bottle feed and keep them clean uh, because mom is gone or abandoned or had gotten injured or whatever. So um, the volunteers that, that come into our shelter and, and do so much that oh, we could not do it without them and our foster parents that take dogs that aren't doing well in a, in a shelter environment and let them get used to being in a home and get ready for potential adoptions or, or kitten fosters. They are absolutely the lifeblood of this organization and, and many organizations around the state. Uh, so for us, the best way is check out our website, which is greencountyhumane.org. And, uh, but uh, check out your local shelter's Facebook page uh, or their other social medias, their website. You know, make an appointment and and stop by and 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 see where you know where we could use the help because um, there's there's a million million jobs need done every day and and we couldn't do it without the volunteers and fosters. Matt Mullen giving us a sense of what your local shelter may be dealing with right now. Matt is the executive director of the Green County Humane Society for the Midwest Farm Report. I'm Stephanie Hoff.